Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing in grace. This is now part four, uh, the final part to our current series. So we are going to jump right back into the word. Here we go. One step. He gives us the one step. And you know, my friend, in all honesty, he's the one that supplies the desire in us to want to do what he asks us to do. And then he gives us the energy, the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, the, the means, the support, the supplies, whatever it is we need to do that he gives to us. And then when we take that one step that he's done all the work to make sure we can do it, he rewards us for taking the step that he supplied for us to take. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. My friend, there is someone listening right now. I can, I can See in the spirit and the Lord has reminded you of a dream that was in your heart and it's been so long you've given up on it but he's saying I haven't I haven't given up on it and I shall bring it to pass oh my friends we have a good good God a good good God amen so Levy, here's Levy, how far has he fallen? Instead of serving the Lord, he has denounced that same Lord. He has betrayed him, turned his back on him, and is working in the tax collector's booth while that very Lord is next door preaching, teaching, and healing. So what does Jesus do? He comes and finds Levy. Levy won't come find him. Jesus comes and finds Levy. You gave up on that dream. So Jesus came and brought it back to you. He did the same thing for me, my friend. That's why I'm here sharing with each of you today. He reminded me of the dreams that I had had as a child to share Jesus with the world. And he has answered that dream. And I thank each and every one of you for being a part of this with me and for your many prayers that has made this possible and your encouragement and your support. And now go get your dream. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus sees him and said to him again, right? I love it. The beauty. Follow me. Follow me. Now listen, though, there's a teeny tiny little detail here that Matthew left out. So he left all. Say all. A-L-L-all. -L Matthew's account, he simply says, and he got up and followed him. Luke, telling us what Matthew did, tells us that he left all. Hold on to that thought. If I don't tell you why, remind me. He rose up and followed him. Then Levi gave Jesus a great feast in his own house. Say a great feast. Levi gave Jesus a great feast. My friends, that is another detail that was left out in Matthew's own account. Are you noticing something here? See, when Matthew himself shares what Jesus did for him, 
He's so caught up in Jesus. He's so enraptured with who Jesus is. He's so full of his grace and his love. He doesn't count the cost. He doesn't see that he gave up all. He knows that he's now in the presence of the Almighty One, the All-Providing One, the All-Supplying One. What Matthew sees is that the Son of God, that Jesus came into my house. What an honor. What a privilege. He doesn't tell us the expense that he spent the money to give Jesus a great feast. He's not counting the cost because, my friends, the reality is when we're following Jesus, there is no cost. Jesus paid the cost. Jesus is the cost. This is what it should feel like. When we have Jesus in front of our eyes, we're so full of him and everything he's done for us. We don't even notice what we're doing back for him. That's true service, my friend. True service comes out of an overflow of all that you're recognizing, receiving that the Lord has done for you. If your heart is not overflowing with all he's done for you, stop serving, stop giving, sit at his feet, look at his face, let him fill you up and he will fill you up to overflowing and then you can serve him. The Bible even says in Hebrews that we can only serve God because of the grace of God and we have to know his grace. In other words, without grace, there is no true service. What the Pharisees did, God never recognized that because they thought they were earning God's goodness. See, they were serving and working to get God's goodness. Matthew is giving and serving because he knows God's goodness, because he just received God's goodness, because he has so much of God's goodness, he just can't keep it to himself. Hallelujah. My friends, grace did not abolish the law. It fulfilled the law. And it brings out a morality in us that is so much higher than what the law could do. The law says thou shalt not steal. It never says to give. Under grace, grace first opens our heart and then it opens our wallet, my friend. The biggest givers are the ones who have received the greatest revelation of God's grace. Matthew knowing how far he has fallen and that this Savior, this Lord, the Messiah would come and call him. He knows what a grace gift he just received. And it so opened his heart, so filled up and overflowed out of his heart that he left all and threw Jesus a great feast. Hallelujah, my friend. Hallelujah. And there was a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples saying, Why do you, but now they're talking about Jesus, eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. Again, my friend, if you're going to pretend you're healthy and you're not going to recognize that cancer growing in you, I can't help you. 
but those who are sick, but those who recognize the cancer, that recognize the sickness, I'm here for them. I am here for them. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And here we have another detail to repentance. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Just like we already talked about, nobody is righteous without Jesus. But the Pharisees believed they were. So they didn't think they had any need for repentance. They're not going to repent as we see when you, as you read throughout the Gospels. They're not going to repent because they don't see that they have a need to. And remember God's definition of repentance. It's so, there's such a beautiful verse in Romans 2, 4, where he tells us that God leads us to repentance through his kindness. Through his kindness, he leads us to repentance. I ask you, my friend, how was Levi brought to repentance? How was Matthew brought to repentance? Was he brought to repentance by Jesus showing up and going, hey, don't you know that you should be a priest? Don't you know that you've betrayed God in your country and your neighbors? Don't you know that you're a thief? Don't you know you need to quit this job and straighten yourself out? No, my friends. He was brought to repentance through Jesus' great, great kindness. Follow me. A kindness that went and searched for Levi, even though he chose not to be where Jesus was. A kindness that honored him when all the Pharisees, they didn't care about Jesus, but they wanted the honor of having him in their home. And instead, Jesus went to the home of a great sinner. And through his kindness, Levi repented. Just like each and every one of us, my friends, that's how God brings us to repentance. And you know, it's a continual repentance. Even now, as you've been listening, there's been repentance going on. You know, we, we hear the negativity of the world and we constantly, the Bible says, need our mind to be renewed and refreshed in the gospel of grace and the kindness of our Lord. My friend, that's, that's repentance. You don't have to say I'm repenting. And it's certainly not feeling remorseful. It has to do with God's kindness and his grace and his goodness. So every time we come together and we're hearing about Jesus and we're hearing that he came full of grace and truth, that he came displaying the glory of God. My friends, when we hear that as we trust him, he's taking care of us and blessing us, all these things that brings repentance. Oh, there's one more little uh little juicy tidbit I want to share with you about the difference between Luke's account and Matthew's account. So we saw that in Matthew's account, my friends, he was so obsessed with Jesus that he didn't notice the cost. Here's the other, the other thing I want you to notice is that in his own gospel, he calls himself Matthew. Do you know what Matthew means in the Hebrew? It means gift of Yah. 
gift of Yah. Yah is short for Yahweh, the name of the Lord. By the time he wrote this gospel, he knew that he was a gift of God, a gift of the Lord. He knows his true identity now. He sees that the Lord prizes him, considers him a gift, a blessing, a delight. Hallelujah, my friends. You are the gift of God. He delights in you. He loves you. He cherishes you. And you know, Jesus comes to us to save us. Yes, Matthew joined up with Jesus. But it wasn't until many years later that he wrote his gospel. He became an evangelist, essentially. Right when his heart was healed. When grace had done its work. When he'd been transformed. When he knew who he was to God. He's a gift. The gift of God. And he knew who God is to him. Amen, my friends. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My friend, I pray that you have been blessed and you have been encouraged. Always see yourself as a gift of God, my friend. He, he gave up the greatest, right? The greatest gift that he had when he gave us his son. So that by his grace, we are all transformed into his children, into his gifts. You are his beloved. You are valuable to him. Your value is set at the cost of the son of God himself. That is your value. And when you fall down, right? Every now and then we all fall down. You know, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord created the entire world around us. And he has created things. To help explain our spiritual life with him. I want you to think of this. Think of a caterpillar, right? Before we all received Christ, we were a caterpillar, all right? And what do caterpillars do? They crawl along on the ground. They get dirty, right? They're in the dirt all the time. Then you meet Jesus. And you go through this transformation in your cocoon of grace. And then you come out as a beautiful, beautiful butterfly. Now, can you ever be a caterpillar again? No, my friend. What if you happen to land on some garbage? Did you just become a piece of garbage? Did you just become a caterpillar again? No, my friend. You're still a beautiful butterfly. Sometimes, as butterflies, we might land on a piece of garbage. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we fail. But my friend, you're still a butterfly. And what will help you to rise back up out of that is to remember, wait a minute. I don't have to crawl around in this. I've got wings. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. My daddy God loves me. Jesus, help. Jesus, save me. Jesus, thank you that 
that your opinion of me has not changed. Thank you that you still love me as much when I'm fluttering around the place as when I'm walking on top of that garbage. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for who I am, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My friends, say that with me. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say this with me. Say, I am God's beloved child. Amen, my friends. Say, I am, here you go, a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> Amen. I know, especially my brothers out there might laugh a little bit, but um, you're going to think about that one day. That image is going to come to you. Lord, I pray that it does by your Holy Spirit when you need it. And you're going to remember who you really are. My friends, when we remember who we really are, who we are in Christ, we will live the life of Christ, the life that he gave me. My friends, that is what's going on in the world right now. It's a huge identity battle. The devil is trying to identify people his way because he knows the power that lies in a, in a child of God when they know who they are and when they identify themselves as a child of God. He's trying to take away individualism too. My friends, people don't realize that they're identifying with a group or with a lifestyle or with this or with that. It's not personal. It's not unique. You are unique. God made you unique. See that you are too unique to be tied to any identity from the world. You are too unique for that. You are too excellent. You are too valuable. Your identity is as a child of God. And your identity as a child of God, my friends, that, that, is, that will empower you to live in the victory that a child of God has been given. To use the authority that a child of God has been given. To use the power, to use the wealth of the riches of heaven that have been given to you, my friend. Embrace your identity as a child of God. The hurt, lost, sighing, dying world around you needs it. You need it too. When we embrace our identity, my friends, it helps to bring salvation to the world around us. The Bible says that creation itself, even the world, is groaning, crying out for the sons of God to take their place. This earth is crying out. Even the creation knows the power in our identity. May we know it too. Hallelujah. Jesus, give us a fresh revelation of what it means to be a child of God. Give us a fresh revelation of the price you had to pay to give us such an incredible gift that we are known by the same name you're known as. Ooh. My friends, have you ever thought about that? What is the name that Jesus is known by? Son of God. God gave you the same name as his one and only begotten. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are a child of God. There is no greater name we could ever hope for. 
Oh, hallelujah, my friend. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I done preached myself, Abby. <laughs> I'm going to float on out of here like a butterfly. <laughs> All right, my friends. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may you shine on those around you. Oh, my friend, now I can't help it. I'm going down another tangent like the sun and the moon. The sun and the moon are another example of our life in Christ. My friends, the moon, does it have any light of its own? No, it has no light of its own. But we can look into a, a black sky right in a full moon and sometimes the moon itself is so bright i can't hardly look into it where does it get that light from from the sun that as you in just like you child of god shine with the light of the s-o-n you shine with the light of the son of god himself and just like right now this world is dark what happens when the sun goes down right now the world can't physically see Jesus so they need to see the light of Jesus in each and every one of us like the moon we shine out pointing to the true sun pointing to the true light and just like the moon has effects on this earth but the but where is the moon it's not actually attached to the earth my friend the same for you you have an effect on this earth right now we're tied to this earth but we're actually living in the heavenlies just like the moon is you know the moon is what affects the tides the the most powerful force on this earth my friends in the natural is water and the moon controls the tides because of Jesus Christ in you, you are the most powerful force on this earth, my friends. There is nothing greater than the name of Jesus Christ. There is no sickness, no, no death, no disease, no pain, no grief, nothing that can stand up to the name of Jesus Christ. No demon, no spirit, nothing. At the name of Jesus Christ, everything must bow its knee. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, that sickness must go right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, cancer be dead, dried up, plucked up by the root and cast into the sea. In the name of Jesus Christ, life be to your mind, to your body. Life be to your marriages. Life be to your children. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ. My friend, have you ever wondered why you can look into a full moon and they even call it the man in the moon? <laughs> See, just like the moon has another man in it, we have the man in us. Come on, what are the chances, really, that this whole universe accidentally created itself and there's the face of a man in the moon that's made to represent us, right? That face is, is reminding us, yes, you shine gloriously, you shine brilliantly, but never forget it's because of Jesus in you, the man in the moon. It's because of Jesus in you. Hallelujah, my friends. And the more we see Jesus in us, the more we look at the sun, right? 
That's when we get a full moon, as when the moon is is at, at the angle where it's getting the fullness of the sun in relation to us. It shines the brightest. The more we look into Jesus' face, the brighter we shine. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to float on out of here and I'm going to go float around outside where it is dark and go look at that beautiful moon. <laughs> Amen. God is so good. From Matthew to the moon. Amen. Right? Jesus is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. He is right before us all the time. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Amen. All right. Now then, we'll try again. The Lord bless you and keep you. He must have wanted you to have a double blessing tonight. And you know, keep you means to protect you. It is the Lord who blesses and protects and keeps you safe, my friends, and provided for and well taken care of you and your loved ones. The Lord lift up his face on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace, his shalom peace, my friends. That is the fullness of wholeness and health and prosperity. Hallelujah and joy. Joy to you, my friend. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time. Keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.